the world of Islam, culture, religion, and politics. I greet you with peace. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Amin Tais. Welcome to the third episode of this podcast entitled The World of Islam, Culture, Religion, and Politics. We will uh, continue very briefly introducing the religions of late antiquity before and around the time that Islam rises as a new religious tradition. Uh, an important religion in the world of late antiquity is, uh, of course, Christianity. What would eventually become the very successful religion of Christianity is originally a, a small Jewish movement. The early followers of a teacher slash prophet by the name of Yeshua, uh, in Greek, uh, Jesus, that's his uh, Hellenized name. So the, his early followers were Jews with messianic hope. What does this mean? As we briefly discussed in the last episode, Jews had a history of living in exile and often, even when uh, Jewish communities lived in Palestine, they were, with a few exceptions, under the rule of other uh, political powers. Jews, however, longed for the age of the kingdom of David and Solomon uh, that are perceived as a golden uh, period of Jewish-Israelite uh, history. Uh, Jews also interpreted all the trials and exiles they endured and faced in their history as the result of earlier generations not being faithful to the covenant made between God and the people of Israel in Mount Sinai. Jews had to strive to fix this and ultimately God uh, would send a figure who is a descendant of King David and who would uh, lead the community to an age of peace and prosperity. This figure will be known as the Messiah, Mashiach, uh, anointed one, referring to the uh, traditional anointing with oil of kings and uh, priests. Um, and um, the and historians generally uh, view the period in which Jesus lived, which is uh, the first century of the common era, they see it as a time of high expectations uh, for the coming of the Messiah, uh, specifically in this area of Roman-occupied Judea. Uh, historians also see it as a time where apocalyptic ideas were widespread. Many groups and people perceived the end of the world as near, and it seems that uh, one such a group uh, was composed of those who surrounded the figure of Jesus, a Jewish teacher and healer who would ultimately have a huge impact on the future of the Near East and uh, of the world in general. Now, this is not the place uh, to discuss the details of the processes at hand. What interests us here is that a new religion will evolve from these processes. Christianity, 
uh, from the term Christ, which is the Hellenized version of the term Mashiach, uh, Messiah. Uh, Christianity will move beyond its original Jewish context. Gentiles, non-Jews, will enter the new developing religion and um, and this uh, religion will ultimately be uh, centered around some key points. Jesus is the awaited Messiah, but more importantly, he is also the Son of God, born of a virgin, sent to die, uh, crucified on a cross to cleanse people of their sins and bring them eternal salvation uh, in the world to come. But his death only lasted three days, after which Jesus was resurrected and he then ascended to heaven. He would eventually come back in the end times. It is important to highlight three things here. One is that all these beliefs were hotly debated uh, within uh, Christian circles early on. And we will also see in a minute that disagreements about issues surrounding Jesus would still be an important element in Christianity at the time of the rise of Islam in the 7th century. Secondly, just as I stressed the importance of understanding the environment and cultural background around uh, which Islam evolves, the same is of course true of Christianity. And as such, uh, my short introduction to early Christianity is very inadequate. Uh, I would urge you to read more about this fascinating subject. Thirdly, it is important to understand that Christians started as an oppressed minority and that Christianity would only turn the corner uh, and become a big player uh, after the Roman Emperor Constantine converted to Christianity in the fourth, uh, fourth century of the Common Era. Now this uh, takes us closer to the world of Christianity shortly before the rise of Islam uh, in the seventh century of the Common Era. By this time, Christianity had long become the official religion of the Roman Byzantine Empire. Importantly, Unlike early rabbinic uh, Judaism, in which all the major debates centered around how to live as a Jew, in legal terms, adhering to the halakha, uh, the major debates in Christianity will be of a theological nature. Theology uh, deals with issues surrounding God, the nature of God, and uh, correct beliefs about God and the quote-unquote supernatural. Uh, the nature of Christianity, uh, its development within a Hellenized uh, uh, Greek world and its claims about Jesus in terms of his uh, divinity created a situation in which theology was, uh, without a surprise, central. Uh, a series of councils representing the official position or positions of the Roman Church will be held uh, to decide on the quote-unquote correct belief about Christ. Uh, these councils 
will deal with uh, so-called heresies that adhere to uh, wrong beliefs about Christ. Uh, but these uh, councils did little to limit dissenting views. Uh, for instance, uh, in response to the debates over uh, the nature of Jesus, uh, is he fully God? Is he fully man? Is he both divine and human? Uh, the Council of uh, Chalcedon in 451 of the Common Era declared uh, Christ to be in two natures, perfect God and perfect man. Uh, but these two natures are in one person. Uh, this uh, position created a lot of controversy with those uh, who saw Christ in a sort of union of God and man in one nature, and who came to be known as Monophysite. Uh, Monophysite doctrine was influential in many areas, including Egypt, Syria, Ethiopia, uh, and Armenia, all important centers of uh, Christianity in uh, the first few centuries uh, of its rise. In addition, many of the Christian communities that lived uh, under the rule of the rival uh, Sassanian Empire uh, were adherents to another distinct position known as the Nestorian position uh, following Nestorius, the Patriarch of Constantinople from uh, 428 to 431, and uh, who insisted that Christ uh, to uh, natures were distinct, independent of each other. So, uh, why are these examples uh, important to us as we come closer to the rise of Islam? As I uh, insisted on many occasions, um, Islamic thought and Islamic traditions will not develop in a vacuum. They will interact and respond to this sophisticated religious environment in which Christian theological debates and Jewish legal debates uh, played an important role in shaping how people think of themselves and of the world around them, including uh, uh, elites who uh, might adhere to advanced religious doctrines, but also average people who practiced uh, popular forms of these religions and that uh, were often a mix of different local traditions coming from various sources all this is important because uh, while most historians situate the origins of Islam in Arabia, there's no question that the bulk of what will become the Islamic tradition would develop in the larger Near East, uh, in places like the Levant, uh, Iraq, uh, Egypt, etc. Now, keeping all this in mind will allow us to raise some interesting questions about the similarities between the debates in Jewish and Christian contexts and between the debates within uh, Muslim circles later on. So, for instance, how did the dynamics of Jewish law, uh, Jewish jurisprudence, affect the development of Islamic law and uh, Islamic jurisprudence? And once the latter uh, was established as a model, how does it influence the development of uh, Jewish law as well. Uh, similarly, how influential, 
how influential were the debates within Christian communities about the nature of Christ on the debates within Muslim theological circles about the Quran. We will later uh, on see how uh, Muslim theologians would hotly debate whether the Quran uh, is the eternal or, or the eternal word of God, uh, whether it was eternal with God, or uh, whether the Quran was created in history. Uh, another very important point is that political authorities always have a stake on uh, what perspective or doctrine comes out victorious because uh, there are uh, political implications of such doctrines. Uh, social organization, uh, the political unity of the empire, as well as the maintenance of the socio-economic status quo uh, for the benefit of the elites and for the benefits of those who have power in, in society. Um, all these have uh, are always part of the large uh, picture of how uh, stru structured uh, societies in pre-modern times work. As such, those who uh, could use religion on their side have an important advantage. And uh, in this Near Eastern environment, the political rulers always sought to keep the uh, managers of the sacred, uh, to use uh, sociologist, sociologist Max Weber's term, to keep the religious authorities on their side and to limit the impact of doctrines of movements uh, that uh, create a challenge uh, to uh, the dominance of uh, those who have power in society. Now, uh, unlike what many commentators today maintain in trying to show Islam as this unique uh, case of, uh, of a religion that mixes politics and religion, it is actually clear that it was the norm for these pre-modern empires to legitimize their rule and to maintain social order uh, by using religion in one way or another. Perhaps the perfect example of this is the case of the Sassanian Empire. Uh, as we remember from uh, last time, this was the Iranian Empire uh, of the time and uh, its relation to the religion of Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism is a religion with roots in ancient Iranian culture, uh, going back to an Iranian prophet by the name of Zoroaster or uh, Zarathustra, who lived uh, around, who probably lived around the 10th uh, or 11th centuries before the Common Era. Uh, by but by the late antique period, Zoroastrianism had become a diverse religion with many influences and theological positions. So while the dominant theological position was one of dualism between good and evil, a cosmic struggle between Ahura Mazda, the creator of all good in the world, and, uh, the, and the personification of all evil, Ariman. Uh, there was also a monotheistic underpinning 
in another strain of Zoroastrianism that presented everything, including Ahura Mazda, uh, as subordinate to the divine first principle uh, known as Zorvan. Like the Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh, uh, uh, the, the Hebrew Bible of the Jews, obviously, that we uh, discussed in the last episode, and like the Christian Bible, uh, with its two parts of the Old Testament, which is roughly equivalent to the Hebrew Bible, with some uh, differences in the inclusion exclusion of some books, and uh, the um, New Testament, which um, includes the four Gospels of Mark, Matthew, uh, Luke, and John, uh, present the life of Jesus, plus the Acts of uh, the Apostles, which is a narrative of the ministry of the Apostles of Jesus, uh, and uh, plus the Epistles of Paul, uh, these uh, are letters attributed to the Apostle Paul, in which he addresses particular Christian communities and uh, pastors, discussing issues facing them at the time, uh, plus the uh, Catholic epistles, um, also called sometimes the general epistles, uh, which are letters and treatises uh, written to the church in general and attributed to various apostles of Jesus, and plus the book of Revelation, also known as the Apocalypse of John. All these together uh, are the uh, New Testament and uh, added to the Old Testament, this is the Christian Bible. So like the uh, Jewish uh, Bible, uh, like the Christian Bible, the Zoroastrians also had a collection of sacred texts um, known as the Vesta. Importantly, Zoroastrianism provided the Iranian state with a political and social structure at the, uh, at the head of which was the Shah, the king, who was the shadow of God on earth and who defended the system through what was called a, a circle of justice. The circle worked in a way that made each one of four social categories, uh, the military, the priests, the cultivators, and the artisans, um, made them support each other and allowed for the maintenance of a strong state with a well-funded army, a good tax yield, and a secure population. And these together made a circle and a continuation of a system uh, that uh, that the that was defended uh, by the figure of the uh, monarch. Let's keep all this in mind as we move uh, forward in history and consider later on how the Muslim Empire functioned especially uh, in the 8th and 10th centuries, which was also the period in which Islamic law and theology uh, would start becoming sophisticated systems. Uh, unfortunately, we did not get a chance to discuss another 
influential religious movement uh, called Manichaeism uh, from the name of its founder, Mani. Hopefully, we will come across it uh, later on and uh, we'll discuss it a little bit. Uh, next time, however, we will consider the world of Arabia on the eve of the movement of Muhammad. And if we have time, we will start discussing the life of Muhammad, one of the most influential people in history. Until then, I leave you in peace. See you again uh, or next time. Assalamu alaikum.